Nice. These are going to be some clinky ice cubey drinks on on the th- whatever. They are. We've already got one guy telling us how heavily we're breathing. Yeah, fuck that guy. <gasps> Who is that guy? Who invited him? Uh, um, these are really cubey. I made them extra cubey. <laughs> Super cubes. <laughs> Just clink, 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 clink. Welcome to the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast, presented by Cinema Summit, a podcast about the art of making films, no matter how small the budget. And now, here are your hosts, Alex Dark and Trevor L. Nelson. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us. This is episode 10 of the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast. I'm Alex Dark. And I am Trevor L. Nelson. And today, we are going to be talking about shooting with a mobile phone. But first, Alex, what are we drinking? We're drinking vodka sodas. Ooh, Straight vodka from sodas. our new alcohol distribute. Distributor machine. Oh, this is bad whatever news. Whatever they're called. Yeah. Alcohol chiller. Alcohol chiller, shot chiller, whatever shot you want to call it. Just it means liver failure. That's what it that's what they call it. Yeah. We have nineteen forty one vodka, which to me looked almost identical to, to Tito's. I thought it was like a different version of Tito's. Yeah, it might be. Um, you know, if someone from Tito's is listening to this, we're still looking for that endorsement. You can now just stock our liquor chiller, and that's all you need, and we'll we'll shout you out every show. Even though we tend to see just shout them out every show, even without yeah. the endorsement. Yep, exactly. uh, we just like booze. So whoever wants to give us free booze, we'll take pictures of it. We'll drink it. We'll shout you out. We'll gaff tape over our Patron Exo Cafe and uh, yeah. Sharpie in whatever brand of yeah. alcohol is given to us. Oh, we have no shame. We'll do that. We'll do a lot for free. Yeah, we will. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah. So, drinking a little vodka sodies. I like it. I mm-hmm. like it. I mm-hmm. like it. So, what's new? Not much. Not much. You know, it's kind of like one of those things where you have a bunch of projects that are just have a long grind to them, and you're just slowly yeah. working on them, and there's no real new updates. I mean, still working on our scripts, still working on Cinema Summit. Um, yep. We spent the past 10 minutes scratching the old noodles together and trying to come up with some new things. And those noodles just <laughs> failed to produce anything, which is why we're, we're doing this podcast for free and we have no sponsors, because these noodles don't really work very well. Uh, one, one kind of new thing is that we're almost to 1,000 downloads on the podcast. Now, for the people listening, they'll probably be like, that's not big of a deal. But hey, screw you. It's a big deal to us. It's a super huge deal. Big, big deal, because that's 1,000 people or actually probably... 50 people that listen to <laughs> yes. that really think we're doing something or there's just one new person who listens to one episode, leaves it alone, and every week we have another new person who comes in and is like, these guys suck, they're idiots. Yeah. They just drink and talk about each other and make fun of each other. Or it's just my mom showing everyone that she knows the podcast and playing it over and over again a thousand times. Man, your mom knows a thousand, oh, 999 people? Hey. Man. Woo! Digital Someone's age, popular. Digital age. Yeah, so, you know, that. thanks everyone for your support. Uh, all, I'm going to say a hundred of you. Maybe a yep. hundred, because we're going to, this is going to be our 10th episode. So, you know, we're maybe averaging, you know, a hundred people listen to each episode. So, hey, hey, thank you. Yeah, um, thanks all of you. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's that's kind of new. And then also we're still working on the Cinema Site, trying to make, Cinema Summit Site, trying to make it better and newer and faster for all of you who go check out that site. Yep, we're doing all sorts of tweaks. Mm-hmm. Um, we just added a video page that has all of our YouTube videos on there. Yep, we're gonna uh, you're gonna hear see some more videos from John Levine, John M. Levine, I should say, not John Levine, the director of Wackness and Fifty Fifty, but our friend Jonathan M. Levine, who mm-hmm. uh, you know is talking about his feature debut and all that stuff that came with that and being a writer director. So yeah, well, that'll be easier for to find if you don't go to our YouTube page. And I think that's about it. What else is new, Trevor, with you? Anything? Uh, 
nothing. Uh, I'm going to go buy a new car this weekend, I think. That's about it. Yeah, you've been saying that for the past three months. I know, I know. When you buy used, though, it's tough. If I if I had all the money in the world to go buy new, it would be easy. I'd just walk in, say, this is what I want, and walk out. But when you buy used... walk in and throw cash down on Elon's desk. Yeah, I'd be like, Elon, here's $300. I'd like a Tesla, please. Tesla, <laughs> three cents for 300 right? Hey, yo. Give it to me. I have no place to charge it, but I want it. You just stick it. <laughs> you put it in the alley behind you and just run an extension cord down. <laughs> just bring a gas generator down <laughs> to power. But I'm still saving the environment. <laughs> so inefficient. <laughs> but it's what I need to do to have the Model 3. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, anything new with you, Alex? Uh, gearing up for the wedding in a little bit here. Gearing up for the wedding. That's pretty much it. Doing a lot of wedding stuff. I know. It's I coming up in like 18 days. I know. I haven't seen you very much because uh, it's wedding. I just don't even want to bug you. It's wedding all day, all night. It's just all that stuff. I got to do a Ugh. slideshow now. Why do you have to do a slideshow? Well, it's for the rehearsal dinner. So I, got, I was like trying to figure out all the... So it's funny because I make... I have made plenty of slideshows for people. Uh-huh. Or just like videos that are essentially slideshows with like animated text and like you know, different animations for the images and stuff like that. I, I do that all the time. But of course, when it comes to my own, I'm just like searching the internet for the easiest, fastest thing possible to get it done, where I can just like drag in all my photos and it will just automatically space them out, fade them in, animate yeah. them. I don't want to do all that. Oh, so. I, I did. I did. I, I'm not big on slideshows. I did one for my grandma's 90th where mm-hmm. the wonderful, uh, Ingobert Humperdinck wished her happy birthday. Yes. And then I did one for my engagement, and that's about it, and I never want to do them again. It is mind-lumbingly, like, monotonous, and... Yeah. Wait, so is this about your and Bree's relationship that you're putting together at the rehearsal dinner? It's for the rehearsal dinner. It's, like, uh, pictures of us when we were kids, and then, Aww. like, through high school, we are skipping uh, junior high. Oh, that's those are the good years. Those are the, the really... Awkward, ugly years. <laughs> That's when you went from four foot three to six foot two in like two months. Mm-hmm. But I still had a size four shoe. So it was really weird. I was like, they called really me really top heavy. They called me Mister Peg Legs. <laughs> really top heavy. Kept falling. Um, um, but yeah, so we're gonna do that, and then oh man, and then transition into us when we're together. Oh, with music. Oh, by so beautiful. Celine Dion. No, tell me it's not Celine Dion. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yet. By Moby. Yeah. Oh man, I knew it. I knew it. Um, okay. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I, I found one Animoto. I had fa- oh. I'd found it before, and oh. I think it'll be probably the easiest thing to do. Yeah. Okay. And I'm smacking my lips a lot. I apologize. I don't know why people not that kind of smacking my lips. And because uh, you know, we got a comment from an unnamed person, my cousin, who's an asshole, who said that we we're breathing a lot and breathing <laughs> heavy in our podcast, which I don't think I I. I the only uh, criticism I've gotten so far about my presentation is Alex has said he can easily pick out when I'm burping from drinking <laughs> beer or uh, vodka sodas. Um, you know, it's the bubbles, guys. That's I just... distracting enough. I feel like Josh is just projecting his own heavy breathing while listening That's to true. us in That's his true. dark closet. So he, th- he thinks he hears heavy breathing because it's just him listening going... <sighs> Yeah, Josh, you weirdo. Yeah, yeah. Good thing you're not going to listen to another episode. So we're going to say all the shit we want about you right now. <laughs> Suck it, Trebek. Um, so yeah, so uh, let's. I guess you know we stretched that new out pretty far talking about absolutely wedding, nothing. <laughs> weddings. We didn't, we didn't and, talk about a darn thing. No, that's true. But uh, you know, our lives are super exciting. Trust us, guys. We got a lot. You know, so much stuff. Um, but that being said, let's move on to the topic at hand, and that is all the rage these days. Everyone shooting on or wanting to shoot on their uh, 
iPhones or their Galaxies or just any phone. Yeah, I any mean, phone. Cameras are coming out the that old are on phones. Mobile phones. Yeah, cameras are coming out uh, that are like great low light capabilities, great resolution, and people are finding a way to um, to shoot on them to shoot whole feature films or shorts using yeah. nothing but their phone because they already paid you know eight hundred dollars for that. So why pay eight hundred dollars more for a little uh, pocket cam that? can be just as good as the phone. Yeah. Now, have you ever shot anything on your phone? Um, other than uh, funny vids, uh, videos of my dog and... Uh, They're not that funny. My w- wife snoring and me <laughs> using it. Those ones are really yeah, funny. Yeah, those ones are really funny. Um, <laughs> no, I really haven't... Uh, I haven't shot anything... Um, no, I don't think I thought I've shot anything like cinematic on my phone. Um, how about you? I've never shot anything cinematic, but I've been, I've been asked to shoot on my phone. Um, a couple times for at Aura when we had that show Newsbreaker where they wanted to do like man on the street type things and they wanted you to use your phone they insisted on it in fact wow. we, I said well we have these other cameras we can just bring them and he said nope just want to use the phone so I found that to be very interesting and, and you then didn't also, do it I did do it oh you did yeah okay um, and then just recently shot a thing for Jewel okay so yeah I was going to mention that uh, you know you, you, um, I, I believe you use your phone for that I used my phone just as a, a, I guess a third camera because I had the 1DC as kind of like a main camera. And then I had this Canon Vixia Mini X thing that's like a, just a little vloggy type camera. Yeah, like the, one of the original vloggies. And um, I had that just set up in a random place. And then I was walking around with, the, with my phone every once in a while just like capturing random things. Now, do you, you have the Samsung uh, Note 8, right? Um, what is it? The Note Five? It's no. the newest one, but it's like not in the same numbering system. Because I thought the, the Note coming out is the nine. I thought they were going to start adding them to like the Note and the. Oh, did Galaxy. they start like matching Maybe. them? I don't Maybe know. they did. But you have the. Is that a four K camera? It is. Okay, and and did you shoot four K on it, or did you just shoot ten eighty p? I shot four K as far okay. as I know, but the weird thing was <laughs> I couldn't. I was in, I made the decision in the moment to actually shoot on my phone because I wasn't planning on it really, mm-hmm. and I couldn't figure out how to set it to 24p without using an, an external app which i couldn't really download at the time um, really yeah it doesn't That's weird. it doesn't give you frame rate so you have interesting to, I, I assume i didn't even check but i'm assuming it it shot in in 30 oh man now we're gonna have to convert that if we want to match it up yep um and premiere does a pretty good job of, of handling different frame rates but still you're gonna that that sucks um, yeah. I mean, oh, jingle jingles jingle, of the ice jingle, cubes. The ice this is going to be really annoying this episode, guys. Sorry, we'll drink really fast. Um, yeah, I mean, that's super annoying. I think one thing that has kind of held me back from shooting on my phone, one is just, you know, we have a lot of cameras at our disposal, and I always like using a camera for yeah. its attendant purposes. But also, I think, like, aside from getting other apps... I feel that I don't have much control over it. And I, I, I'm kind of one of the guys that like doesn't like to load too many apps on his phone because I feel it slows his phone down for being a phone. Sure. Um, and so I feel that without getting a bunch of apps, you kind of are limited in what you can do manually on uh, an iPhone or a, a Samsung Galaxy. Yeah, and I think... Um, I mean, we can talk about like the cinematic stuff in a little bit, but I do think there are some applications where maybe a phone would be okay, like... I don't know, Facebook Lives or something, like if yeah. you're shooting that. Mm-hmm. Because I think you can just trigger it from your Facebook app and just like automatically do it. You don't have to set anything special up and like stream it through your computer or anything. Yeah. 
which is nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I think did, we, we even, speaking on that, we did an episode of Commu. Mm-hmm. Um, remember the Facebook Live just crashed on the computer, and we were going right. live, and we had someone... Someone just ran out with their phone. Ran out with their phone and f- streamed it live on Facebook Live. Now, it wasn't ideal, because we were doing live switching and all that, and it looked really good, and we had it set up to be doing that. But that being said... Um, in a it pinch, worked. it worked. In a pinch, it worked, and it looked fine. It was an iPhone X, and so it was 4K, and it was uh, actually Facebook Live only streamed 720. Yeah. Um, but it worked. It was fine. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, also maybe just vlogging or that type of thing where, you know, you don't need super cinematic anything. Or, so it's just about kind of capturing the image of yourself talking. Mm-hmm. I don't think a phone would be a bad option for that. Yeah. And so when you, you just mentioned, you know, non-cinematic, well, let's talk about the cinematic uses of it. Because there's been some big time movies that have come out that have used the iPhone. That's right. Um, Tangerine. Tangerine, which was a kind of indie hit. Um, I think was it was Sundance, right? Yeah, I think it was at Sundance, and I think it was uh, produced by the Duplass Brothers. Was it? I think so. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm gonna to the to the cloud. They, um, the director went on to do the Florida Project, right? Yes, yes, Sean Baker. Um, and uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that was a kind of a I'm you know the, my style is built the style of this movie is built for an iPhone, right? Um, and so I'm going to not hide the fact that I'm filming it on an iPhone. Um, now, one I didn't see, Unsane, Steven yeah. Soderbergh, like his foray into making movies with the iPhone that led him to say he's not going to shoot on anything but an iPhone from now on. Yeah, um, I you, saw it. You weren't a big fan of it, but was it because of how it looked on the iPhone or just his choices? I, I have to assume it was both. Mm-hmm. Um, his choices and the iPhone. I, I, to me, <clears throat> it was strange to see that he made some choices that he did um, when I feel like the technology of the phone and like everything that he was doing could have been different and better. So I don't know. It was it was it was a number of things that had to do with just the overall style of the movie and his directing. Yeah, and um, and the, the the whole iPhone thing. And so you feel that the iPhone. Now, here's the question, though. Do you feel that it was the limitations of the iPhone that led to it, or just him, the choices he made? Do you feel like it... Like It's hard for me to say, because I don't... Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, like, it's, it's, I don't it's, know exactly what choices he made and what were like just natural products from the iPhone and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but I did find it distracting for at least the first third of the movie. Okay. There was a period of time in the middle somewhere where I let it go. Yeah. And I was able to kind of like immerse myself. But How big then, of you? But then like the last third again, I was out of it and I was like, oh man, this is just crazy. But you had mentioned to me that the framing was a little weird. The editing framing was, was a little weird. weird. But that doesn't seem to me to be an issue with the iPhone. It just seems to be an issue with his choices as a director and a cinematographer. Right. And I, I wondered if it had to do with... um it was partially like due to shooting with the iPhone because maybe they didn't plan enough time or maybe they just thought, okay, we're just going to run in and shoot this thing in like 20 minutes. I don't know. I don't know what the process was behind it, but yeah, they had shot reverse shots that didn't match. Eyelines didn't match things that aren't really camera specific that I found to be strange. And what I would say is probably from a technical standpoint wrong. Okay. I mean, so it's hard to say if that's because of the iPhone, because, I mean, his praise of it makes you... It's weird, because his praise of the iPhone 
and then your kind of not disapproval, but just like disappointment in some of his choices make you wonder, well, why? Like, it, it yeah. sounds like he was happy with the iPhone and then he just made decisions that you didn't like. My thing is, I feel like he, he, he comes from obviously like a time in film when it was huge. Yeah. You know, it's like everything's huge. The cameras are yeah. giant. You need 10Ks. You need like huge HMIs. You need five trucks. You need yeah. all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure it was extremely freeing for him to be able to just shoot on an iPhone with like a guy holding a bounce board or something, right? But for the rest of us who have been doing that for the whole time that we've been, you know, making movies and stuff, it's not that crazy. So to me, it's like, I understand why he was kind of enamored with it and the whole process. Yeah. But I don't think the iPhone and using the iPhone necessarily added anything to the movie. I don't think, I think it would have been better had he shot on something else. That would have potentially been, you know, just as easy to shoot on, you know, yeah. if you wanted it to be. But he, I don't know. I don't think it necessarily was like the best choice. Myself. Yeah, I guess we'd have to talk to Soderbergh himself if he'd like to come on this podcast and defend himself. By all means, please come. But it's like, you know, it's one of those things where, okay, if he had done, you know, used the red, which is, you know, small-ish, mm-hmm. or even an A7S or a GH5S or something like that, would he have still made those decisions? Like it, it's, it, for me, it's hard to say, like, that's just because of the iPhone. Yeah. That being said, I'm still not I'm completely bored with shooting on the iPhone, especially if you have other options with cameras, and because like professional-grade-ish cameras are getting cheaper and cheaper. Um, yeah, and the thing to remember about, in my opinion, again... All this is just my opinion. Yeah, I know. Our opinion um, is worth nothing, but we're just going to give it to you anyway. The thing about the iPhone to remember is that it's not even close to the quality of even just like a 5D Mark II. Yeah. Even though the resolution is high, but the the sensor size sensor and the just size. like little puny lens on it, it's just the not color. even... Like if you... On, a, on like our 1DC, you can shoot 4K and and you can punch in and see like some pretty good detail sharpness and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But when you when it comes to like zooming into the 4K on a phone, it's a digital it zoom. It loses yeah. all like uh I don't know, crispness and sharpness and everything. There's it's not it's, it's not the same. Yeah, it's not the same 4K that you get from like a a 1DC or no, a7S no. or you know anything like that. Um and I mean, you know, I could see like an iPhone being very useful for like a found footage. Sure. Uh, uh Sure, or if, even if a horror. Cont- so that's the thing about Unsane in particular. I can't really say about Tangerine because I didn't see that one. Yeah, me either. But um, for Unsane, I would say, like, stylistically, I understand what he was going for with the, the iPhone. And it had mm-hmm. kind of this, like, raw, found footage vibe to it at some, to- at some like point. Smuggled into a mental asylum where it shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. So I get that. Um, and. But I almost feel like it would have been better suited for maybe just like segments or like certain bits of the of the film um, and not the entire thing. Because, like I said, especially at the beginning, when she's not in there, it did, I don't know, it just it took me out of it. And to, and to me, it's it's one of those things where it's always like like we always talk about get as much information as you can when you're shooting because you can't get it in post. So, you know, to me, yes, maybe Soderbergh thought it was very freeing that he could shoot on the iPhone and maybe, you know, and, you know, I, I haven't looked into the, the making of Unsane, but 
knowing Soderbergh, he, at his disposal, he could have had 20 iPhones that he just keeps swapping out while they're dumping footage and all that. That's a whole <laughs> other section to talk about in terms of media management. But it's like, why not shoot in 4K on a really good camera? And if you want to make it look like an iPhone in post, you can easily do that. Yeah, kind of like a Cloverfield. Yeah, like, you know. They made that look like a found footage movie exactly. on like a little handicam, but in fact, it was shot on a yeah. regular cinema you camera. Shoot, you shoot on, you know, what do we what do we say? 2.8K is usually what the human eye can see, and that's like the best that they'll display in a theater right now. Something like that, 2K? Yeah. So it's like you shoot on 4K, you can punch in and do your weird framing in post. Mm-hmm. Hell, you can do it on set if you want to, but... In terms of lenses and color and depth of field and, and just the, the wide range of ability you have with a more prosumer even. I mean, you know, prosumer to professional camera. Yeah. You, you can get so much out of it and then do what you want in post. And, you know, Soderbergh's great at post. We saw that in tra- traffic. Like, he, he, does, he uses post to his advantage. So I don't know why, you know, for someone who has a budget at his disposal that would warrant something like a bigger camera, a more professional camera. I don't know why he wouldn't use it. Like if it's something like Tangerine, which had a budget of a hundred thousand dollars, yeah. Uh, which by the way, it was produced by the Duplass brothers. Oh. Mark Duplass actually approached the director writer about writing something. So, wow. Yeah. Um, but like something like that, a hundred thousand dollar budget kind of like, you know, want to, and that's definitely the Duplass brothers style is like very indie, low budge, uh, experimental, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. But like, I mean, for something like Unsane, which, I mean, let's see. I'm going to look it up real quick. Um, the budget the, was over a mil. It was like... 1.5 million. Yeah. Like, I mean, again, you know, he made uh, 12.3 million on it in the box office. So good for him. and made his money back in spades. But like, I, I, Steven Soderbergh probably has a camera at home that he could use <laughs> that is better than the iPhone. Yeah, um, but again, I think it all comes down to the idea of whether it works for the material. True. And so I'm down to use whatever. No, that's true. Whatever yeah. camera, as long as it serves the whole story and you come out with a movie that the audience is able to immerse themselves in fully and sort of suspend disbelief or whatever for the entire film. And I, and I am always up for taking on new challenges when it comes to filmmaking, but if you don't need to... You know, it's like one of those things where it's like, make it easier on everything. And, I mean, and again, we're talking about Steven Soderbergh. The dude can do whatever he wants. I mean, totally. he's, he... And again, maybe it was easier for him. That's why he sure. did it. That's true. He probably, yeah. again, he said that it was like a really liberating experience and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure it was. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the I, I totally get it from a one-off perspective. Like, he wanted to try it. He did mm-hmm. it. But the fact that he goes on to say that he wants to make all movies from now on on iPhones is a little bit much, I think. I'm, I mean, I'm just guessing he's getting some Apple executives trailing behind him, stuffing change <laughs> in his pockets. As yeah, he's, change. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. He said that during the press junk, press tour for Unsane, so he could also be saying that just so that people would be like, I don't want to see this movie on an iPhone. Like, if he's going to go out there and say, hey, I'll shoot everything on an iPhone because this is how great it was, then it's going to get people to the box office. And obviously it did. Yeah. I mean, There's made... no doubt that it had at least a tiny bit of just being a, a publicity thing yeah. to it. Yeah, and we'll see, you know, we'll see what he shoots on his next movie. I'll be very funny. It'll be very funny to see if he shoots on the iPhone because he said that he oh, yeah. wants to shoot on it for everything, but yeah. no, nothing but love and respect for Steven Soderbergh. 
Yep. Pour him one out. Like he's not dead. Never mind. Sorry. No. Um, so let's talk about like like the technical aspects of using your phone, like a form factor yeah. and uh, like accessories you're going to Well, need. let's also, I think before we get into that, talk about why someone who's listening might want to shoot on the iPhone. Fine. You know, because we just spent maybe like, I don't know, what was that? 10, 15 minutes. 10 hours talking <laughs> trash Sounded about, like 10 hours. about Soderbergh. Yeah. Um, but I think there are plenty of reasons why one might want to, you know, obviously if you don't have anything else, that's a great reason. Um, mm-hmm. if you are, it's a great way to practice shots. It's, it's a great, great way, way to, practice. we talk about it all the time. Practice, practice, practice. It's a great way. If you have a phone that has 4k capabilities, it may not be professional 4k, but you can go out and shoot something and then download it to your computer and edit something together without having to buy any other equipment. Yeah. And ultimately the techniques that you're going to use are the same, no matter what the camera is. So mm-hmm. if, as long as you're practicing proper techniques when it comes to like composition, yep. lighting, yep. editing, all that kind of stuff, you're going to make good projects. And I think one thing I always thought would be you know, useful would be for actors. Because I know actors out there, if you've ever been an actor or if you are an actor, you know it's kind of a big struggle to be in the industry because you're just like sitting around waiting for people to come up and tap you on the shoulder and be like, you know, be in my thing. Yeah. Uh, but you always, you have all this stuff that you want to get out and you're like creative and you want to put it on video and stuff. And you want to, you have all these friends that are actors and maybe some of them have yeah. aspirations to be filmmakers and whatnot. And it's yeah. like, but you don't have a, a ton of money to throw into a project. So like, why not just grab your phone and shoot something? I think that's a great idea. Um, especially for like a short or a web series or I anything mean, like that. Hell again, it could be a feature. I mean, every time, you know, this, the new wave of, smaller cheaper uh filmmaking technology comes out it, you know you always go back to the the generation generation jesus the, no generation the era i mean you could say 10 years before you know <laughs> i'm thinking of like something like uh son of my voice um they shot yep. that whole thing on the 5d and i kind of feel that the iphone the the mobile phone shooting is the new 5d you're able to steal some shots in places because it looks like you're just taking a shot uh, for your own personal library. Yeah. Um, you're able to get friends together and shoot wherever you want and put out something that's pretty decent. I mean, anyone who saw Sound of My Voice, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Really good. Um, and they shot it on the 5D, and it looks great. It looks fine. Um, and, you know, it was a little grainier and all that. It wasn't as crisp as everything else, but it lent itself, like you said, to that movie. Yeah, um, and that's they a great to, no budget one. Yeah, if you want some homework for the weekend, <sighs> yeah. check out Sound of My Voice and uh, Another Earth, which uses a little more VFX, but just for a couple shots. But yeah, I mean that, that like this is the new the, the iPhones and the Samsung Galaxies are the new 5D. They're they're changing things and changing accessibility to filmmaking. And again, I don't want to knock using an iPhone at all. I mean, I'm just saying from my own perspective, since we do have access to cameras, I would use the camera, but. Um, but it's a great tool to get out there and start film making films. Yeah, to me, it's it's the analogy could be like, okay, you have two options: uh, a screwdriver. You're trying to like, <laughs> you know, trying to screw in a screw. You have a you have a screwdriver. Orange juice. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Screwdriver, or you have, um, I don't know, like a like a flattened ice pick. Right. It's like. One of them, analogy, one of them yeah. is built to do the task that you're trying to do. The other one, you have to kind of make it work. You know what I'm saying? On uh, next week on CinemaSummit.com, you'll see a video of Alex trying to unscrew a screw 
with, with an ice pick. With a flattened ice pick. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how well that I'm goes. I'm going to send it through one of those penny flattening machines. <laughs> It'll to, be too big for this. Try to get a flat edge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To, uh, wow, you brought back the old school tourist penny flattening machine. Been there, done that. Wow. I've Lord tried, knows I have too. We've all been there when we've tried to unscrew something and haven't had the right tool. <laughs> it's like, oh man, let me go in the garage and just get my penny flattening machine <laughs> and straighten this thing all out. Hold on. Hold the production. I have to go to the county fair. I'll be <laughs> I have back to go and, to Mount Rushmore and get my penny <laughs> flattened. Um, no, I, I, and I get that. I mean, I don't want, like, again, we are just here to encourage people to make movies, to encourage people to make what something creative because it just gets your juices flowing and gets you um, used, to, you know, gets you in the, the game. Once you start making stuff, you're just going to want to make more and more stuff. So make it any way you can. Um, yep. There's nothing wrong with the shooting on a mobile phone. Um, it just creates its own. Uh, challenges. Uh, yeah. I don't even want to say problems. They're just challenges. Um, yeah, and there's challenges with everything. So yeah, exactly. I mean, we've talked about in the past of like using big cameras and all the stuff that you have to put on. Then you have to get an easy rig to hold it, and then you have to have a assistant camera person to pull it off your shoulder when you're not doing anything. And it's just everything has its own challenges. They're different than the other thing, but it doesn't mean they're better or worse. Yep. All right. So let's talk about the form factor now that we've just had that little spiel about how to um, get the most out of your phone if you're shooting with it you know it's funny because i think because of the things like tangerine and unsane and um apple really pushing for their um you know like the the photo and video qualities of their new iphones there's a lot of accessories that are coming out that are accessible to the iphone i mean you know we you have the um we have the DJI uh, DJI Osmo, which is a kind of handheld gimbal-based camera. But there's companies out there that make the same kind of gimbal technology just for an iPhone because they know that people... DJI are, makes one. DJI makes one. And there's a lot, bunch of other companies that do where it fits your iPhone and it's a stabilizer. And you can just move your phone, your hand around and the phone stays still. Mm -hmm. um, it's very uh, smooth. You get those cool tracking shots or whatever. And it's a little bit more, you know, yeah, fluid than trying to run around with just it in your hand and you know what if, if you can have a if you can have fluid motion in your mobile video mobile phone video or mobile phone film it makes it look 10 times better yeah um and and so companies are starting to jump on board especially accessory companies on building things to use with your mobile phone for filming and i also think this is true of any camera uh, but when you have smaller cameras, whether it's like an A7S or like any kind of DSLR point-and-shoot camera or, or a phone, um, you want to try, in my opinion, if you're going for a cinematic look, to give it the presence of a cinema camera. So it's like put it on your shoulder on a shoulder rig, even if it's just a tiny little phone. Yeah. It, make, it seems weird, but like the movement you have by moving your entire torso with the thing on your shoulder is very different than moving just like your wrists yeah. to get, you know, you'll get like yeah. a snappier turn with your wrists. Whereas mm -hmm. if you rotate from your hips with like a shoulder rig, you'll yeah. get a much more fluid kind of cinematic uh, pan. Yeah. And it'll, and it'll look better and it will not seem so much like an iPhone or not seem so much like uh, a mobile phone. Yeah. And, and it helps out a lot. Um, I mean, you know, it's kind of weird. I mean, we still get the people who shoot vertical and just everyone yells at them. Um, but, um, I mean, if you look at if you look at the form factor of a phone, it's a lot like 
uh, a monitor, a, a small monitor that people put, you know, attach on their their, their rigs for the camera. And that, yeah. this one just has a, a lens on it. So you'll get used to, you may not get used to the fact that you're holding up a, a square f- camera lens or something like that, but you'll get used to looking at the world through a monitor or something like that. I mean, even there's even some cameras that just connect to your phone and use your phone as a monitor. And so the form factor may be, start, may be weird if you're holding it in your hand and then moving to a camera, but like Alex said, if you're able to get a rig, it, it doesn't matter what camera's on there. You're still feeling what it's like to hold the rig. Yeah. And you don't necessarily have to go out and buy a rig. No. But even if you just like mount it somehow to PVC pipe that you're holding, you know, just to get that that like camera body type of feel to it. Uh, but also there's a company called Joby mm-hmm. that makes these Gorillapod things. Loved Gorillapods. They make a uh, mobile phone mount for their Gorillapods. And I imagine you could get one of those and use that almost as like a makeshift shoulder mount too if you you know use the little legs as handles and s- stick one out to your chest or something. And use three points of stabilization, as they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, get like a, a little makeshift shoulder mount or something going on with that. But even, and then also you would have it, uh, the ability to mount it to a tripod, which yeah. is its own um, thing that I would definitely recommend having the option at least to stick it on a tripod and get some static or panning shots. You'll and like see that. such improved uh, cinematography from putting it, just stabilizing it really. Um, just not holding it in your hand, but putting it on a stand, putting it on a you know, shoulder mount, uh, putting it on a tripod. It, it will improve things dramatically. Um, and, you know, I, you could literally look on YouTube for hours on how people are building stands and mounts and stabilization rigs out of things they can get at Home Depot for $20 for mobile phones. I mean, yep. there's people who build, kind of look like a... A hexagonal stop sign oh, yeah. of PVC piping and that your phone attaches in the middle and it just allows you to walk and kind of stabilize things and kind of... It's like a big steering wheel. Exactly. And the, the phone fits in there perfectly. You can find the instructions on YouTube how to make that and you're off to the races. What was that called? The original? Fig rig. Fig was. rig. Yep. There it is. Nailed it. Nailed it. Um, all right. So, I mean, all those things. And then obviously if you have the ability to slide it around on a slider or a dolly, mm-hmm. you know, these types of things help. Again, it doesn't matter what the camera is. These, all these things help uh, make it more cinematic just in general. Yeah, movement always helps make anything more cinematic no matter what the camera is. But you got to remember to motivate the movement. Motivate. It's always nice. Yep, yep. Uh, all right, should we move on to settings and stuff? Yeah, so, I mean, settings, again... I'm going to talk from the point of view of someone who doesn't use apps on their phone to get more cinematic look out of it. But I know on my Galaxy S7, <laughs> old school, kind of, maybe, um, I can go into pro mode and I can I can set shutter speed, aperture, white, uh, balance. white balance, ISO. Um, I can do all that in my phone. And while it just may be... built in. Just built in. And while it may be more of a digital thing, you know, the the... The aperture doesn't really close the aperture or open the aperture. It's more of a setting and all stuff like that. Yeah. It just, like Alex said, like you use that on your phone if you're practicing on your iPhone or you're practicing on your Galaxy. And then you go get a camera later down the road and you know all those settings and how they work and how they interact with each other. Yeah, that's very true. I think uh, I used to always say that a DSLR was one of the best ways to learn how to operate 
a camera, a cinema camera, because all the settings are basically the same. But it's kind of true um, that the settings are the same in a in a phone as well. You yep. won't necessarily get the same experience of, like you said, closing an aperture on a lens yeah. and focusing with like a, a follow focus and stuff like that. But the the idea of the relationship between shutter speed, ISO, and aperture, you can totally get that going. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Yep. Um, I just found out there's a there's been an app that people always use uh, for these things on the iPhone called Filmic Pro. Well, we don't have iPhones, so that's probably why we didn't know about them. Well, I always knew about it, but oh, we, could, we could never fine. get it. Never mind. You know? Can yeah. never get it because we I never had an iPhone. But that's I true. just realized that they they released one for. The Android. What? Finally. Every Android gets just shafted. They're always like late to the party for some reason. Developers go iPhone first, and it's like, there's mm. more Android users than iPhone. I'm representing Android. That's the sound of the police trying to arrest us for not having iPhones. Yeah. There you go. The iPhone police. That's the, Apple uh, is taking over the, the United States. Police. Oh, man. The whole thing is just covered in <laughs> denim and tweed. Yep. <laughs> um, but so I, I downloaded the app okay. to try to mess around with it. It's kind of interesting. So you have the opportunity to uh, use different settings that aren't built in to your uh, your pro mode of your phone. Okay. For example, it'll automatically crop the video to a certain aspect ratio. So if you want to do one of those widescreen sort of anamorphic or cinemascope style nice. aspect ratios, you can do that. It'll fr- It'll show you in the monitor what the frame is. Oh my gosh, they're still coming for me. Man. They aren't messing around. Um, is, there, is there literally a fire right next I door? I know. We're probably we're gonna have to evacuate any moment now. Yep. But don't worry, we have our phones and we'll shoot it. Hey. Hey. Um. But yeah. So in in the monitor, it has the uh, the lines, so you can see where the crop's gonna be. But in the actual finish in the finished project, it will actually export out a video file that is already cropped to that size. That's what I was going to ask. That's what, That was my next question is, as a post guy, is it just letterboxed into it or no. is it actually that that dimension? It's actually that dimension. Ooh, that's hot. That's Crazy. hot lava. And in inside the app, you can select frame rates, uh-huh. which, like I said, I wasn't able to do that on my, my phone, so it was stuck at 30 or 60 even. I don't even know what it is. But you can select all sorts of stuff. You Seems can even do the slow motion. You can do... Nice. Um you know, 24, 25 if you're in the UK or whatever. Um, so that's interesting. It also, a huge plus is it has uh, false colors. Ooh, that Ooh. is huge. Ooh. That is huge. There it is right there. I mean, that does wow. it. Wow. Uh, false colors would help you set your exposure, get proper exposure for your, nice. for your shots, which is great. It also has uh, zebra if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> that's your kind of style. If that's your style, you is can do the, the zebras. Is this the app you were playing with on set the other day? Yeah. That's how you playing with it? Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay, gotcha. And uh, so it has all those types of things, which is really cool. It also has um, meters for the audio. Oh, wow. Which is nice. This is super nice. I'm liking um, this. I'm going to have to download you can this. Do, you can get Waveform, RGB Man. Parade, I think, Histogram, all those scopes and whatnot if you... Which again, just great practice if you're yeah if you're getting ready to go out on a shoot and you want to you're like oh man, I want to make sure everything is uh, exposed properly. And I know the camera that I have uh, only has a built-in histogram. Ooh, you Ooh. know if you don't know how to use it 
and you're used to false colors or, or something else and you show up and your camera only has a histogram. It's happened to me. Way to go, Filmic Pro. Yeah, got to know how to use that, that stuff. That is awesome. I mean, man, that sounds really cool. I mean, and that I mean, how much do you know how much that app is? $14. I mean, that is that is a lifesaver. If one you're actually going to shoot a feature or a short on your phone or even if you're just going to practice. I mean, you have a phone already. It probably has a decent camera, and all you have to do is spend fifteen dollars instead of buying a DSLR, um, and you're off to the races. And you can learn pretty much everything you would need to know on set if you're, st- you know, put in front of a red. Mm-hmm. We've said before the menu might be different, but all the information is there in Filmic Pro. That sounds awesome. Very cool. And also, they have focus peaking and what? a weird little thumb action uh, focus pulling device. What? Um, so you can actually do some rack focuses. I was messing around with that, and it actually works pretty well. I was, I was. That's awesome. Surprised. Uh, I mean, the focus meters on the cameras that we lose, use at Larry aren't even that good. I know the peaking sucks at Larry. Oh, but this one it worked pretty good. It, All right. it, uh, for a phone, hey, for a phone, hey, yeah, why not? Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say definitely if you're going to shoot something um, like a short film. Or a digital series, you might want to go that direction and get the, okay, get the okay. app. All right. Um, all and right, all, all right. also, they have, I didn't really explore into it that much, but I think, think, think they have the op- the option to shoot in like a log. No way. Yeah. Would it be F-log or F-P-log? I don't know what it is, but it's definitely even just straight out without... Uh, Messing with the settings, it's a lot more desaturated and kind of flat. Wow. Impressive. Way to go, Filmic Pro. I'm going to have to download that. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Give it kind a go, of cool. I was messing it. around with it. Not uh, bad. Not lots bad. of options that I didn't even touch the surface of yet, but definitely something to check out. Nice. Nice. We yeah. will put that link in the show notes. Yay. Have we done show notes yet? All right. We're, we're going to. We're going to, guys. We promise. We, we like As you can tell from our What's New, we're super busy. Yeah. Super busy. All right, so we should talk about accessories because um, one of the biggest problems with shooting on a on a phone, in my opinion, is you either have to shoot at the same really weirdly wide uh, focal length mm-hmm. or digital zoom without without the added accessories of external lenses and stuff that they make for phones. So I would say probably I haven't again I haven't had the opportunity the opportunity to test any of them out, but I imagine having a physical lens to create like a telephoto or a different different focal lengths yeah is probably better than just zooming in and trying to do it that way. Yeah, it just depends like how that lens attaches over the the lens in the camera. If you're getting that weird letterboxing and the kind of like warping on the edges, fish, uh, the, uh, fish yeah, eye the look, you know, that kind of stuff. Soft edges. And yeah. Stuff. Soft yeah. edges. Um, it depends. I've seen a lot of them. There's some that are, you kind of like have different lenses that you clip on. I actually got those. I bought a phone to go to India and it was like a free gift with it and you could clip it on and, you know, change your focal length and all that. But there are some that actually, you can build a cage around your phone and actually screw on lenses. Yeah. And I think... Um, I think Unsane used a little bit more legit lenses. And that company that they used, I can't remember what it was called, uh, just released a an anamorphic lens Get out of here. for phones. Get out of here. Anamorphic it, for phones? And it looked, pretty, it looked pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I saw it and I was like, man, that looks pretty good. But it's only one, again, you're stuck with that one 
focal length, which is like kind of a, a deal breaker in my mind. So I'm just looking it up right now. I'm just going to do this. Um, it's called they're called moment lenses. Yeah, and these are actually the kind that that kind of clip on. Um, oh, really? I thought they had a special case. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking up moment lenses, and it seems like uh, um, they have they just kind of clip on. But I could be uh, I could be wrong because I normally I'm. Um, let's see here. Shop moment. Let's check it out real quick. They're gonna. Listen to they us typing. Have, they definitely oh, yeah, have yeah. a case. Yeah, they definitely have a case that they just kind of screw into. And he also, I guess, he used uh, the phone standard lens. Uh, so, um, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I, I I feel that, like, if you are going to... Um, if you're going to use your phone, just, you know, do something that... Invest a little bit in the lenses that would help it make look... Much better. I mean, their anamorphic lens is only $120, which is a steal. You know, their fish, their fish eyes, like 100 bucks. Their macros, 90 I mean, it, it's, it definitely pays off to do that, um, to get that better look if you're using your iPhone. Uh, that's, not a, that's not a crazy expensive price for some lenses. Yeah, and I just looked it up. You do have to buy a special case okay. for your phone, and they do have cases for phones other than iPhones. They have the Pixel... Uh, Galaxy S9 Note and all that kind of stuff. So okay, okay, not bad, not bad, not bad. I mean, yeah, and there uh, are. I imagine it's definitely worth it if you want to. If you're serious about making a project with your phone, you're oh. going to get better results than just cropping in on your your camera phone. Yeah, sensor. I mean, I would definitely recommend that you get some of the accessories if you're going to stick with your phone. It's going to like the accessories are going to to add up to less than you would pay for a DSLR. And so if you're going to do it on the yeah. iPhone, might as well get some stuff that gives you a little more cinematic look, gives you a little more freedom to kind of, you know, do what you want. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, they're building more and more accessories to make the iPhone and the Galaxy legitimate contenders for, for cameras for, for movies. Yeah, and much like... Um like a, a normal project, you wouldn't necessarily want to use just built-in on-camera audio. And uh, so I wouldn't necessarily rely on the camera audio from your phone to, to shoot a project. But yeah. an interesting little side note here Uh-oh. is I know that uh, they make lavs for your phone. So you could have the actors literally recording their own audio onto their own phone that's in their pocket. Yeah. Uh, and having it run to a lav that you stick under their clothing or whatever. Uh, well, what was that thing that Luca used? That was, I think it was a Rode, um, a Rode microphone that's specifically for mobile phones. Okay, it was, it was, was that? Lav. Was it a lav? Yeah, we didn't actually end up using it, but he he brought it just in case as a backup. I know because uh, Rode, um, for those who don't know, they make some pretty good um, shotgun mics, but they also do uh, make. Shotgun mics for like smaller cameras, like an iPhone, all that. One's called a Video Mic ME and a Video Micro, and those look like little shotgun mics that mount onto your phone and kind of plug into the headphone jack. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I'm looking at this right now. It's called the Rode Smart Lav Plus mm-hmm. lavalier con- condenser microphone for smartphones, and it's only sixty five dollars. Not yeah, bad. I mean, not, not bad. I mean, everyone has a phone that that could plug into and give you better audio quality. You could you could basically just have everybody who's on set recording their own audio and 
then you have a camera that is recording the video and you're and good to you go. sync it up. The problem, the inherent problem here is that you're not able to monitor the audio so you don't know for sure that you're actually capturing it A mm-hmm. or that um, you're not peaking or yeah. anything like that when uh, they're getting super excited or whatever. Now or here, what, that what, it's not too low and that you're able to, you know, you just got to make sure that the settings are right. Now, I wonder if we throw this out there. You know, somebody who's out there listening knows how to make an app, and all they have to do is credit us and give us 75% profits. What if you could do some way, you know how you can kind of sync up your phones? Um, you could sync up, I mean, for the biggest thing in Galaxies for the longest time is you could bump the back of the phone and transfer. Ew, gross. Yeah, I know. Good thing they were in cases for protection. <laughs> um, but, like, what if there was an app out there, somebody wants to design this, where you could kind of link up your phone, and you didn't have. you don't have to hear like the quality of it because you don't want to be sending that over, but just hear kind of monitor audio on a single, you know, iPhone. Yeah. So I know the zoom F eight has the ability for you to actually control, um, the levels and stuff from your phone. Yeah. So I imagine you'd have to, you'd be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, if, if, I mean, not that they should go out and buy a zoom, but if there was an app that would let you kind of connect to another app, via Bluetooth or something else, another phone with the same app. And then, so you have this one phone that is then getting three signals in just to monitor it, just to make sure just you're not peaking. monitor and yeah. like adjust the levels yeah. if it happens to be, exactly. you know, peaking or yeah. whatever. I mean, that'd be, that'd be insane. And then slowly That'd be enough, pretty actually. Yeah. We so, should start that app. All right. And take 100%. We're going to call it Cinema Summit Presents a Trevor and Alex app. It's just going to take you to the, the, the menu for Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So let me, uh, Steve, can you talk for me? Okay, that sounds like a Parmesan garlic. <laughs> um, and Stephanie, can you talk for me too? Okay, a honey ginger. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's go with this. Wow, we went off on a tangent there. But uh, um, yeah, so. It's not, it's I, not too far off. We're, uh, we're in the development stage of this app. If you want to get it on the ground floor, just, you know, send a self-addressed stamp envelope to Trevor and Alex mm-hmm. at com. That's all you have to do. Yep. Send a yep. self-addressed stamped envelope. Yep. No That's money it. in there. Right? Nothing. Else. I'm just remembering. Just an empty yep. envelope. Yep. Self-addressed. <laughs> <laughs> Just get so we can send them. you the amp, the app back <laughs> on an SD card in the mail. Yeah. So let's uh, move on to the other side of, of, you know, the post side of shooting on a mobile phone, and that yeah. is kind of media management. So yeah. Um, you know, one so, good thing about cameras these days is that they have removable media, SD cards, CF cards. Um, you know, uh, the Codex has their removable cards. Yep. Um. S by S, you got S by P2, S. I mean, you could go, stuff, yeah, you yeah. go on forever. And what makes that nice is that you can pull that that medium out, you can pull that that card out, transfer it while you're shooting on another card. Yep. Problem is, Big not bonus. many phones have removable media these days. Yeah. Um, some of them do. Some of them do. I know the iPhone really doesn't like doing. They don't do that at all. The, mine does. Mine does too. Yeah. Um. So th- you know, if you're using a Galaxy, you can pop a card out and put a new card in, but it's still not like. Super convenient no. to pop the card out. You have to you have like that a special tool. Yeah, the key or a paper clip or. Yeah. Um, now, again, going back to Unsane, Steven Soderbergh had three iPhones. So he could shoot on one, give it to somebody that could dump the footage while he's shooting on the next one. And then while the first one was not being done yet, he goes to the third one while, and then just he's always able to shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those people who don't have five to three phones at their disposal, media management becomes a little bit of an issue. 
Yeah, and so for the Jewel stuff that I shot, I actually just uploaded it to Dropbox from my phone instead of connecting my phone and dumping it or uh, pulling the card out or anything like that. And that worked okay. I mean, I didn't have a ton of footage. That's the thing. Like, if you if you just have a little bit of day footage of, like, some B-roll, yeah. not that big of a deal. And especially if you're not editing it that day. But can you imagine if you had, like, a you know, I could put a 128 card in my phone. Yeah. Can you imagine popping that out and uploading that when it's like, okay, we got to keep rolling? Yeah. Pain. Pain. Definite pain, but doable. Definitely doable. And if, you, if you're doing a low-budget indie or a low-budget short, you know, you could... You could take the time off and give everyone a little fifteen minute break. Yeah, I also um, think you could potentially just sort of uh, schedule a little bit differently. Maybe, maybe you don't wait until the card's full, one hundred twenty eight gigs to to dump it, and you do it every you know fifty gigs or something. Maybe whenever, if you're, whenever you're like changing setups yeah, real quick, when it's a company it. move, something, or if you're you know you have to relight and stuff like that. Just take the opportunity to dump the footage. And that may, it still may slow you down a little bit. And that is one problem of working with, you know, phones. Um, but it may be a solution. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think, uh, you know, in terms of the file sizes, they're really not too bad because again, these are really, really compressed. Even when you're shooting 4k, it's so much more compressed than what you would get from a professional, uh, cinema camera. So, yeah, the file sizes aren't too bad. I don't know. I wonder how how many uh, 128 gigabyte cards you would need in a day. Probably just one. Well, I don't know because you shot on. I mean, I would say I was messing around with that Filmic Pro app, okay. and about 15 seconds of footage was about 60, um, no, 60 to 100 megabytes. Okay. For so. 15 seconds. Okay, so the question is, you shot, we shot that, uh, you shot that Jewel stuff on 1080p on the, um, that little Canon vloggy thing. Yes. Um, and they shot for how much in the day do we know? I mean, they shot for hours. Well, I had a 120 gigabyte card in there and yeah. it had enough room for 17 hours. 17 hours. Okay, so that's 1080. So you want to say four times the, file size just to be safe, even though it's going to be even more compressed. So you're looking at, you're close to f- four hours of, of actual footage. It's which, not bad. Which is not bad. I mean, that's close to a day of footage. You also have to consider, um, you, you have to make sure <laughs> that your phone isn't running apps off the SD card. That's true. I mean, I would say if, you're, if you are going to be using your phone and you have the ability to put an SD card, put in a clean one for the filming. Definitely. Um, I mean, on the iPhone, you're just you're just kind of, you know, if you if that's your phone, hopefully you don't have too many pictures and too many apps on there because that is that is that is it. That, yep. You can't really do much with the iPhone uh, in terms of expanding the storage. Yep, definitely. Granted, they're probably going to come out with some like external hard drive that you can connect to the Lightning port and it will record on that. And of course, as they move, since Soderbergh said the iPhone's great, they'll come out with it. Yeah, you're gonna end up having to like buy an external monitor that is a recorder that you plug into the Thunderbolt port with like a, a special adapter, the lightning port or whatever. Adamus, please send a self-addressed stamp to <laughs> Cinema Summit to buy this idea from us um, yeah. while you're making this, or Small HD, whoever wants to buy this idea from us. We are geniuses. Remember, self-addressed stamp to Alex and Trevor at CinemaSummit.com. Yep, and we'll That's send it. you a, a prototype of our monitor that records ProRes RAW. Yep. 
from uh, an iPhone. It just the the ProRes ROS will actually come up in a firmware update. I'm actually just going to send you my i my uh, Galaxy Seven S. I was yeah. S seven, I should say, as as I'm getting a new phone. Exactly. <laughs> Same with me. I was going to send them a sandwich. <laughs> Just while they wait, please enjoy the the sandwich. Food tonight? Are you hungry? I'm still hungry. Buffalo Wild Wings and a sandwich. Wow. Hey, hey, that's a great combination. You know they serve sandwiches at Buffalo Wild Wings. My God, I know, I know. Um, so yeah, I mean, get three iPhones, you're good to go. But if not, then you just kind of have to plan around how much footage you can shoot in a day. And you know, you know, if it's if it's a low budget feature where you're using an iPhone. It might be fine having a four-hour shoot day because everyone, you know, that's all you can get the people for. So it's exactly. not going to hurt you too much. And really, again, we I, I've said this a, a lot, but these are all problems that you still deal with with other cameras. I mean, like our camera that we have that we shoot with, we only have two cards. So if we sh- if we roll out of those two cards, we still have to take a break and dump it all. You yeah, know? it's like that's a that's a problem. And it- unless you have unless you uh, get an extra cards and, and stuff like that. P two cards are expensive, so it's not necessary that we get, you know, yep. two more cards. Just because we'll take the time and dump the footage and it is what it is. Yep. All right. So shall we move on to what's cool? Well you, you had mentioned you put in a little note in there about focus pulling. Is that just about Filmic Pro? Is that just about Filmic Pro? Yeah, do you know I if was, there's something out there that is like No, I was gonna say that you know, like for with your app or whatever, like what's built in, yeah. the pro mode. There's really there there is also a slider yeah. that you can do to to put it in manual focus and whatnot. Uh it's it's rough. I mean it's even on rough. Filmic Pro it's not it's it's okay. Yeah. It's not great. And it's not super responsive, so if you're trying to focus pull and you're trying to hit a mark at a certain time, yeah. Yeah, plan that thing out. I was trying to use the the focus in during my jewel shoot, and um, <laughs> and what I found is that just getting to the point where uh, you're actually adjusting the focus with the little slider is difficult because you have to like hit the button, and then it has to register that you're trying to like hit the focus and not like click out of it. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, it was just kind of clunky. I don't know, I didn't love it. Yeah, yeah. I so mean- I think again, it's not a tool that's meant for cinema. So you have to deal with these kind of like weird, funky workarounds. The Filmic Pro app definitely is a huge step up from Sweet. the built-in. Sweet. So there's that. You can also ramp exposure, which is interesting. So if you're like going in from uh, outside to inside or something like that, you could ramp it. Uh, it also makes zooming quite a bit nicer. Nice. Um, instead of doing the pinch, the pinch zoom, oh. you know? Yeah. It has a little toggle. That you oh, can nice. do, and it has kind of like a nice uh, curve to it. Sounds like you're all on board for Filmic Pro. I am, you know, and I've tried other apps just to mess around, and they're, they're not great. Filmic Pro, I think, is probably the best one I've tried, and it's still it's a little clunky and weird. But, um, but it, it'll do a lot more than your normal phone, just basic uh, pre-installed apps will do. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, I guess we can move on to what's cool. I think we kind of ran a iPhone and a... Galaxy through the coals and told you, you know, it's, yeah. it's pretty easy. If you want to know what we, our overall theory about filmmaking is, is just film it no matter how it, how you do it and you'll be yeah. better off for it and you'll have challenges along the way depending on what you use, no matter what you use and just practice and do it. Exactly. Just go out there and make something. Exactly. Okay. Now then I'm off my soapbox. What's cool? What's cool that you've seen? 
All right. Well, this is something that I've used quite a bit for the website and for a lot of other things. Okay. But I wanted to uh, let people know about Unsplash if they're not familiar. Awesome. Love Unsplash. Unsplash.com yeah. is a website for Creative Commons photographs that you can just download and use for your projects or on your website or whatever. Um, you can give credit to the photographer, but it's not even required that you do. But what I think is really cool about it is, the, first of all, the photos are generally like really good. Yeah, they're they're high um, high quality. Most and, of our are blog banner photos, yeah. our blog posts, the banner photo at the top is from Unsplash. Definitely, and I think it could be useful. And I've used it myself for like different pitch packets, projects like that, or like uh, mood boards and stuff. If you're like trying to come up with a, a mood board for a project, you could easily just kind of like search for different photos and throw them in there and add them to a, a pitch or something. And it's also easy to collaborate because you can do boards. So you could put together a bunch of photos yeah, and like then just... favorite them and yep, stuff. And send me the board and I can check it out and be like, yeah, this looks good or not. It's not rather than sending individual links to photos. Yep, which uh, I think is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, if you have followed this podcast, you know we are big fans of DJI. Uh, we have the Osmo. Uh, love their drones. Um, love, love a lot of the stuff that they do. Um, and so they just announced and showed off the plans for their new headquarters in China. Um, and what makes this so cool is that they're going to have a couple rooms that are quadruple stories high, so four-story high rooms, as well as a sky bridge to show off new drones. So you'll be able to fly a drone in there, test it out, that kind of stuff, and then also be able to show the drones to the press and all that as they're announcing it. Um, you know, cool. drones are big business. Uh, DJI is one of the biggest drone makers out there. They're Mavic Pro and stuff like that. Um, is it the Mavic Pro? Is that it? Mavic? Yep. yep that's that's, that's one of them. And then they have the yep. Phantom. And then they have the Phantom. And then and, the Inspire. Yep. And, and so then I'm sure a bunch of other stuff. Oh, they're gonna be they're gonna be hitting it with drones so much in the near future. That is kind of their bread and butter. Um so yeah, it's kinda cool. They just have these giant rooms in their new headquarters that they're building and a and a br- sky bridge so they can show off their new drones. You could fly it around indoors and just have a little fun with it. Pretty cool. All I gotta do is buy a ticket to China. Yeah, sure, why not? Let's all go. Field trip for the podcast. Let's do it. Yay. Um, another thing that I found that I thought was pretty cool is, and I just heard about it, is Adobe's Project Rush. Yes. Have you heard about this? I have. I love it. It's kind of cool. I mean, the way I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is it's basically a collaborative, uh, editing tool for like mobile tablets Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, where you could take your footage, um, maybe even like as you're shooting it on set and start doing a rough edit if you wanted to, or... If you're maybe shooting things like YouTube videos or um, vlogs and stuff like that, it's just kind of maybe an easier way to edit than yeah. than shuffling it through mm-hmm. Adobe Premiere and After Effects and stuff like that. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, it, it is basically, um, to sum it up, it's Premiere in your pocket. Yeah. Uh, and, and they tried ju- that once before. I mean, didn't they have apps, like mobile apps for Premiere? And yeah, Photoshop? they tried that whole thing. And I think what they did is they needed to do a new architecture for their apps. Because um, yeah, the, they were just trying to stick the old like yeah. Premiere and its workflow and everything into a Oof. mobile phone. But this is kind of its, whole, its own thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is its own standalone. I think I want to say that they built this from the ground up with mobile in mind rather than taking Premiere and putting it into mobile. They just built this in the idea of like, a lot of people are shooting on their phones now. People are, you know, YouTube, it used to be Vine, um, mm-hmm. Snapchat, all these video uh, services out there, Facebook Watch, um, that kind of stuff. And 
they just wanted to give people the opportunity to edit without having to download footage and spend a lot of money on Premiere and stuff like that. Nice. So, uh, yeah, big fan of it. Uh, it'll I be interesting. Can, I think you can uh, sign up if you go to the link that we're going to provide in the share notes. Uh, I think you can sign up to be a part of the beta testing group right now. Yeah, yeah. So give it a go. See what you think. Um, you know, be wary. A lot of Adobe stuff gets buggy in the first couple of releases, but they always tend to kind of patch it up and make it better. And uh, so I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, you know, as phones get more and more powerful, and they, I wouldn't be surprised if you could do some really powerful editing just right on your phone. Mm-hmm. And definitely on some of those crazy tablet computers they have coming out oh, these yeah. days. I know, the Surface and stuff like that. They, yeah. they, they'll, they'll be able to slice through certain t- uh, 1080p edits yep. like butter, baby. Yes, indeed. Uh, so another thing that I like um, coming out is the Capsule 360. thought this was really cool. Alex showed this to me the other day. Uh, it's in Kickstarter phase now, but they raised, you, have, you know, like, like most Kickstarters that are cool, I think four or five times of their goal. And what it is is it's this kind of like modular um, access, you know. It's like a motion three control access, unit. Yeah, motion control unit. And what it is is it has these little like... They almost look like hockey pucks. Yeah. And you stack them and, you know, each you, you know, each one can be a different use, but it's you buy you buy one for a tilt, you buy one for a panning and you buy one for a slider. And it's these little hockey pucks, you kind of attach them to each other and it's all through your phone, but you can do uh, motion time lapse. It's a really cool feature that I like with the app and these uh, pucks, I guess we'll go with or capsules, which is why it's capsule 360 is uh, face tracking so you can Set your phone on a, uh, the tilt and the pan, and then it will recognize your face. And as you're moving, um, it will track it and keep it in focus. And so it's kind of for one of those one-man bands. If you're doing like a vlog or you're doing some tutorial videos and you have nobody to film you, you can kind of walk around, not too far, but you can kind of walk around in your space, and it will follow you and keep you in focus and uh, kind of be your, uh, your cinematographer and your camera guy without you needing anybody else. What I thought was really interesting about that, or what I was wondering about that when I first saw it, was, yeah, that's cool if you're shooting on your phone, but how do you get the camera to recognize, like if you're shooting on a DSLR, how do you get the camera to recognize your face? But I realize what you do is you mount the phone to your camera, yeah, and then it will recognize the face and it will frame your camera accordingly. Well, also remember, new cameras are coming out that have uh, phone you know, connections and all that, and so what you can do is that you can actually... Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if uh, down the line what you'll be able to do is you'll be able to use your phone as a as another viewfinder or a monitor for your camera, and so it will tell, it'll just using the the technology in the app will tell the pucks what to do, knowing what your camera's looking at. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised at all because I mean we're gonna get some GH five S's in a little bit here, hopefully. And um, what what can you do on your phone with those GH fives? Uh, well, Panasonic has a its own special app that you can download okay. and you can view the monitor uh, from your phone. You there can you hit record. You can adjust all the settings like the the ISO and the white balance and all that stuff. You can adjust and um, monitor basically what you're, what you're shooting. So I wouldn't be surprised if you can see the monitor of the GH5 on your phone that somehow... Um Capsule 360. I forget the parent company's name. It's it's escaping me right now. They'll be able to work that in that they use that that uh, connection to then track your face with their uh, with their app. Um, yeah, and so they also have a turntable kit, which you kind of put this turntable on t- this kind of like flat, circular, almost looking looks like a vinyl record on top of one of the pucks, and it will 
spin accordingly so you get every angle of a product that's sitting on there for product shots and stuff like that. So it's kind of it's kind of cool. It's modular. What I like about modular things like this is that you know you can always upgrade it with other pucks or other uh, accessories without having to buy a whole new unit. Um, so it's kind of just adding on and, and building off of itself. Yeah, and one of the places that I used, that I worked at for a while was uh, shooting these unboxing videos and these toy videos and whatnot, and we. <laughs> We used Lazy Susans oh, for, man. Uh, for our product videos, and we literally had to spin them with our hands oh. until we bought one that was uh, powered, but it only had one speed, you know? Yeah. And it was rather slow, <laughs> and it was very large. And um, probably noisy. And kind of noisy, so it, it wasn't ideal Gotcha. for that. So this would have been perfect for that type of thing because, I mean, yeah, you can adjust the speed. Sweet. Um, all that kind of stuff. Love it. Pretty cool. Yeah, I yeah. like it. And, and what do we what do we see on uh, at least the Kickstarter? We you can get the whole set that you need. What was he saying? Like eight hundred dollars? Um, yeah, you, I think it was seven ninety nine early bird. Not, not bad. Not, not including the little skateboard slider parallax type thing. kind of thing. It's yeah, like a little skate tabletop yeah. skater. Yeah. Um. So that's that's a great deal if you consider how much it costs for other motion control systems. Um, be able to do time lapse, motion time lapse. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, so go check it out. I think there's still time. You can, uh, I don't know, by the time this podcast comes out, the Kickstarter may be done. But uh, watch out for Capsule 360. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, if we get around to needing it, I'm, I would be interested in buying one. Sure. Yeah, Me yeah. too. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, yeah. Um, another thing that's cool, I think is cool, is kind of the current trend in horror movies. Lame. I know. It's super lame. But <laughs> a lot of people have been talking about Hereditary. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet, but I cannot wait. I'm going to see it this weekend. I cannot weekend. wait as well. Uh, but I, it's just, I'm so happy, really, about the way things are moving with this kind of like slower, kind of drama, thrillery, mystery <sighs> horror that's coming out. That's kind of what the days. script me and Alex are writing is. So I'm very doubly excited because that means we're on the right path. But yeah, I love but it. I like, just love that kind of stuff. Um, they Come at Night was, you know, it was billed as a horror movie. And a lot of people saw it and were like, well, I don't, that, I wouldn't consider that a horror movie. I would. I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. But it's the same idea. It's like, uh, you know, they come at night, a, a quiet place. It's mm-hmm. not your traditional horror slasher scare, scary monster movie, mm-hmm. but it's still scary. I saw the devil even would fall. I saw the devil, yeah. I had a friend who said, um, you know, it's kind of funny. I had one friend that went and saw Hereditary and said, you know, it's not, don't read all the hype because it doesn't live up to the hype. It's the scariest movie in 20 years. And I had another friend who's a big horror nut who said, you know, it was the best horror film that he saw since The Exorcist. So I was like, all right, I'm in. I'm totally yeah. in. Um, I, I love this no kind of stuff. Me yeah. too. I'm really excited. I hope they continue to make more of these. I'm much more excited for movies like that than I am for all the big tent poles that come out, even though I enjoy those as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's that other one that we saw where the twins were terrorizing their mother? Tale of Two Sisters? No, 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 no. That was an older one. No, no, no. Oh, we saw this together over... Good Night um, Mommy. Good Night Mommy. See, that's man, the kind of stuff. That so was good. so creepy and so good. Um, I just, I love the that. The Foreigners, man, they know how to do it for sure. Yeah. It's kind of like the original Let the Right One In, you know? That movie was so good. <sighs> so good. And what's the other one? Eyes of My Mother? You saw that one. I didn't see yeah, that one. Yeah, that one was so good. This creepy horror phase of like, you know, it just, it gets under your skin. I love it. I'm a big fan of it. Can't wait to see what more comes out. Hopefully we're part of it at some point because <laughs> mm-hmm. this is our jam. We love this kind of stuff. Yep. Um, so I think, are we good to go? I think that's it. Uh, is this long enough or too long? 
It's it's just about right. All right. Hey, I'll take that. I think that. we hit it. We hit it. <laughs> we didn't drone on too long and bore everyone else. So now it's going to take us another six months to get to a thousand because we're you know. No. We're, we're, they're going to take away yeah. downloads from us for this one. <laughs> Every downvote, you get l- one less download. Right. Damn. Oh, come so thanks so much for joining us for this episode. Uh, you can get the show notes for this episode by visiting nobudgetfilmmaking.com slash episode 10. I swear to God we're going to get those show notes up. We've just been super busy. Well, they're there. Uh, the links and everything to yeah. all the what's cool and whatnot, it's all there. But we'll we, get we more. Haven't, we haven't really gotten into detail about the things that are inside the episode. Because, <laughs> hey, you know what? Listen to it. Yeah, just listen to it and enjoy our sultry voices. Yes. And uh, don't forget to hop on over to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. And while you're there, give us a five-star rating if you feel so inclined. Even you, Josh, who says that we breathe too heavy on this damn podcast. come on, Josh. Give us a five-star. What are you doing over there? I hate you. I'll see you at Christmas. And then also, if you have any filmmaking questions, ask away in the comments section, and we will try to answer them to the best of our knowledge. So ask away, ask away, ask away. And like our Facebook page, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Cinema Summit. Thanks so much, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Later.